You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go ahead, go ahead, Brian. You have a you have a trivia game for us yeah. to play. Yeah. I I would like to I would like to test it out. I think it has potential. Uh, the name of this trivia game is Florida or Purdue. Um, so, so how the game works is I'm going to ask each of you two questions in alternating order, and then there's a bonus question that is worth enough points to render the other questions moot. So, um, special that's Jason. Just wait your turn. This, this is like Jeopardy rules. You buzz in too early and you won't even hear the full question. And also I have a mustache. Um, Spencer, he, the first question is for you. Which team has more defensive sacks, Florida or Purdue? Purdue. Uh, that's incorrect. The answer is Florida but oh. by three. Florida has 13 sacks. Purdue has 10. Jason. Which team has lost more fumbles, Florida or Purdue? Um, I'm going to go Purdue because um, that would make Florida look even worse if they've gotten lucky with fumbles. Yeah, yeah uh, Florida has lost more fumbles than Purdue. Oh. They've, lost, <laughs> they've lost eight. Hmm. All right, Spencer, this one, this one might be the easiest question. Which team has more penalties this year, Florida, Florida. or Florida? Florida. <laughs> That's correct. Florida had 21 huh. penalties than Purdue. Yeah. 20? 20 is correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jason, which team has more passing yards this year, Florida or Purdue? Um, can I get a third option? No, no. Uh, I, I want to remind you that Purdue might not even have a quarterback. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen Florida complete passes, so Florida. 
Uh, incorrect. The answer is Purdue. Purdue has 104 <laughs> passing yards. Florida. All right, so uh, I think Spencer has already won, but Spencer, I'm going to let you get the the bonus question. Which you team? No, you can just stop talking. No, no, this is important. <laughs> Which team, Florida or Purdue, has more first half offensive touchdowns in the last month? Purdue. Uh, the answer is it's a tie. Neither of them has their first half. Because Purdue hasn't even been in the red zone for the last month. Oh yeah, they've they've just been they've been so diplomatic, not wanting to offend any parties. I do like, by the way, that that this is most a uh, this is like the most Purdue thing ever is to say exactly within the twenties. They're like, what if we could turn football into pong? And the walls were at the 20, and we just bounced back and forth between them. Just lobbing field goals. Will Muschamp's like, I'll get that someday. Someday I'll have that perfection. Just trade the ball back at the 50 over and over again. It's really like it's, it's really like an equilibrium state, right? It's, it's the like, most efficient way to do it. They finally achieved it. It's gone beyond football. It's a form of chemistry and pads. Purdue football. It's it's less football and more science. Purdue football, it's all potential energy. <laughs> it's it's science, just like the atomic bomb. <sighs> yeah, so so great. That's a fantastic start to the podcast. Yeah, you Thanks, win. Ryan. I'm I'm so glad you brought that on. <laughs> um, I'm Spencer Hall. That's Ryan, better known as Celebrity Hot Tub. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you should be. I hate you. Um, and uh, joining us, uh, Jason Kirk. SB Nation College Football Editor. Hey. Hey. Hey, I'm here. I don't even want to breathe now. Just thinking about all that Florida. God, that's like, seriously, like the onion, have you ever, you know, the onion has the world atlas and I listened to it on the, the like audiobook version on a long trip and they kind of jokingly go through the Congo and the Republic of Congo. And afterwards I didn't want to live. Because they're like, ha ha, here's what really happens in the Congo. And it's like the worst thing you've ever heard. And you're crying and not even a trip to Stucky's for a nice pecan log will lift your spirits. That's how I feel now. Thanks. Oh, let's talk about something legitimately happy. Let's talk about Nick Saban. Mm. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Special pressure. Uh, according to his uh, agent, Jimmy Sexton, through the Convenient leak. By the way, does anyone in Texas not just share every email? No, yeah, I they think Texas. Have... They might as well just all be on um, uh, Google Plus. Yeah, they're all they're all on a shared AOL email account. No, no, no. I, I saw this email, so it couldn't have been on Google Plus. It got true. shared. That's true. It left. It made the AP. So actually, if it made the AP, I assume it's on some used net, right? Some sort of massive. Message board listserv that's gone unchanged in form or focus. It's entirely possible also that there's some Texas booster who prints all his email, right? <laughs> and just this was retrieved from his garbage. Yeah, he just puts them out in a big recyclable <laughs> bin that says emails regarding Texas football program. Fresh emails to a good home. Just Chip Brown sifting through them every morning. Hey, morning, Chip. Man, you're thrifty, aren't you? Yep. Haven't bought paper in years. Uh, but this email, uh, which was, of course, conveniently shared for one political reason or another, it's Texas. I assume it was to screw somebody over. 
was Jimmy Sexton telling them that Nick Saban faced a special pressure at Alabama and that he would only consider Texas above any and all other schools as the only place he would go were he to depart the University of Alabama. Special pressure is a euphemism for a prostate exam, right? Yeah, the only thing that comes to mind for me is your mom's under special pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Or on the great menu of, like, exotic hooker menus, right? Somewhere in... uh, Somewhere in, you know, Thailand, like special pressure. You're like, I'm going to ask what that is. Because <laughs> I don't want to just order it, right? Oh, this is a lot of release forms I'm signing. Uh, yeah, that's it. This is, by the way, like, do we have any actual motive as to why? Because, I mean, I have a few theories. I just want to I want to hear yours. Why would this leak now besides the obvious reason that uh, Nick Saban likes money? Uh, Nick Saban's probably bored, you know. He has a game to prepare for this week, but he's probably got it all figured out a few hours ahead of time, so might as well have it have it leak out now. What's isn't the line on this this LSU like LSU's getting eleven points, ten points, something like that? So I think it started at it started at like eight or nine, yeah, I think. I, I okay. think I think the line is now at ten. Okay. So so maybe Saban is annoyed that everybody's just sort of back in there. Oh, well, Alabama's just going to run the table, and we're just waiting to see who's going to play them in the national title game. So he's trying to stir the pot a little bit so that there's something. He needs his team to have some sort of adversity, or he doesn't feel like things are right. It was this or either, you know, light somebody's car on fire in the parking lot. Yeah, his, uh, I believe he usually does the, the presser on Wednesday, the regular weekly presser, I believe it's on Wednesday. So now he's got something to get huffy at the media about. <laughs> to not talk about. Yeah. So, so now you're saying that he's basically his own weather system. Sure. And that, yeah, and that he's just now dictating the condition. He's the weather control machine, InfoWars. That's what this is. Nick Saban, Nick Saban is a government agent planted to pacify the state of Alabama, occasionally ruffle the waters, right? Just get everything stirred up. And then just fix it with victory, while the real work of turning the populace into robots is done by the minions of the National Park Service police. Gay robots. Gay, gay, gay robots from Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> like those people from Auburn could build That's a damn robot. The title of my forthcoming sci-fi novel. The, the, the uh, I mean, like, what's the week of the say the Mizzou game in the SEC title going to be like? What kind of Texas rumors are going to come out there, like? Nick Saban is the coach at Texas, according to rumor. From Jimmy Sexton says so. Like it won't actually be really poorly photoshopped uh, images of Saban that leak on boards and are quickly debunked. No, Nick Saban will actually go down, appear in <laughs> like he'll fly to Austin, right oh, under an alias, right? Check he'll in take, on Facebook. Exactly, he'll take pictures of himself. Sifting through that Texas Boosters garbage full of his printed up emails, right? With Chip Brown smiling and giving the thumbs up. Saban will give Chip Brown like 20 grand out of his wallet and say, this didn't happen. And then he'll go back to Alabama and be like, that's outrageous. People can put anything on the internet these days. I'm trying to focus on the game. And they'll kick Mizzou's ass by like 50 points. Yeah. And then before the national title game, he's like wearing a Mac Brown mask. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like just he and Ricky Williams and just every like McConaughey, like, See, like, like picture of him a, in bed with McConaughey. Like that's just a Reagan mask and you painted the hair. Shut up, Mac Brown. 
Uh, I'm only answering questions on the Longhorn Network about about the national title game. I'm always convinced that Watson Brown and Mac Brown are actually the same person. And that, you know, they just, he uses Watson Brown when he gets in over his head. Like when he took the Vanderbilt job and Watson Brown lost a bunch of games, he's like, oh, I've got to change back to my alias, Mac. Psh, goes to North Carolina, kicks ass. Best reboot I ever had. You've never seen them in the same place at the same time, have you? No. Yeah, no. you got a point. Now, neither of you watched the Nick Saban 60 Minutes episode, correct? No. No. We, How we, did you? Um, we're, we're too young to watch that show. <laughs> they do check ID at the door. <laughs> are you thirty? Are, are you thirty-five? No. It comes on at like six, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm not even awake at six. <laughs> Man, I don't get in the studio till two a.m. <laughs> Dropping my remixes by nine. Have a little brunch, go to sleep, wake up. That's how Kanye does it. Um, yeah, I uh, I watched it, and I will tell you what you missed. You missed Nick Saban berating like a 13-year-old kid for having a weak handshake. Sincerely, it was not set up. It's a magnificent scene. They're going through handing out certificates for a football camp where Nick Saban coaches little kids as if they are going into Ender's game, okay? Like as if they are going to be defending the universe, right? And our children from malevolent aliens. And when they're given their certificates... They're shaking hands, and Saban could not look more miserable, one. And two, when given the weak handshake, says, come on, come on, now shake my hand. And the kid turns around and is like, wow, that guy doesn't like me. Like, that's what his face says. It's just, whoa, what's wrong with that guy? And it's the greatest thing because it's the only person in the entire piece who's actually like, I think that guy's crazy. Everyone else is always going to make me a better man. Better father, better leader. Only the twelve-year-old kid turning away is like, yeah, don't. I'm staying away from that guy. Do you think Nick Saban has any idea what sixty minutes is? Like, there's no way he watches it. Sixty minutes—that's too long. <laughs> I mean, he's got to think it's good for recruiting in some way. So, <laughs> like, is he, he's he's out. He's recruiting one specific grandmother. <laughs> like, he's, there's one kid out in out in Dalton. He's trying to recruit, and that kid, the, the grandmother, she's a she's a Georgia lean, but he's gonna win her over. Because because he's got a tap on her TV. <laughs> yeah, he knows. It's like, man, what is what is what does Granny Anderson watch? Well, she watches a lot of 60 Minutes and a lot of wow, this is weird. Like a lot of Supermarket Sweep on DVD. I don't know what that is. <laughs> It's on CBS. I've never heard of that channel. Yeah, it's the Tiffany. on it every week. It's the I, Tiffany Network. I ain't got time to talk about crystals. I would actually love to watch Nick Saban on Supermarket Sweep because he would just walk up the aisles carefully, orderly, put things in the basket piece by piece. The exact antithesis of the chaos Supermarket Sweep is supposed to be. I think he just tries to remove one of the shelves. Like, if, if you know how to wiggle them right, they'll pop he, right out. He, he like, tried to grab a bunch of those. You try to call the manager. Uh, excuse me, there's no price on this shredded wheat. I think you're missing the obvious joke that both in Supermarket Sweep and when shopping, Nick Saban goes to the 10 items or less aisle with a shocking amount of things in the <laughs> basket and then gets rid of them, picking the best ones from the basket and has them returned to the shelf by others. Aww. Aww. Well, you know, that's for the Big Ten fans. That's all they have. Yeah. They cling to that and we are Penn State. That's it. Enjoy that. 
That was for you guys. That was it. We love you. We love you, Big Ten. Enjoy us. Enjoy a seven-win Minnesota team dominating. <laughs> Woo! Wish you're so honorable. You are. That's great. You made good decisions 70 years ago when you weren't alive. Way to go. The other thing that you would really like from the piece, which you really should see, because uh, they managed to piece together a whole story on Saban uh, with eight months of work, and I imagine they probably got eight minutes with him, but they're eight pretty good minutes. They're talking about when Saban was at uh, like the town where he grew up, and they show it, and it's Carolina, West Virginia, which supports my theory that if you are named after another city that's in another state or a state that is the name of the town, uh, then that town is going to suck. Hmm. Right? Like if, if I told you, oh, you're in Mississippi, Texas. <laughs> yeah, you're in the worst part of Texas wow. if the town is called Mississippi, Texas. But what if it's like uh, Connecticut, Texas? <laughs> oh, no, oh, man. Oh, no. So somebody has been murdered in a brutal way in Connecticut, Texas. <laughs> I know there's a I know there's a California, Pennsylvania. Yes, California, Pennsylvania. Uh, are you sure? Are you sure that's not a California pizza kitchen? <laughs> there, might there might be a California pizza kitchen in California, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it would it would only be fitting in in the offices of California and pizza actually, kitchen. Actually, it's a burger joint, not even related to the to the pizza restaurant. <laughs> Just like I don't know if you saw the the fifty state map of the greatest sandwiches per state when they were listing them. Yeah, can it, well they got Georgia. right. They got Georgia right. They, they didn't get George, they didn't get the first, picture. First right. damn food map I've ever seen to get Georgia right. But yeah, because like, yeah, because like Deadspin's map was like, oh, peach cobbler for Georgia. I do declare peach cobbler. <laughs> well, why don't you get me a mint julep so I can refresh myself while I eat this bucket of peach cobbler? The traditional sporting dish that we consume before playing SEC football. Uh, did, uh, did you know every other street in Georgia is named Peaches Tree Street? <laughs> Margaret, fetch me my peaches. Those New Yorkers, such anthropologists. Oh, they eat his apples. What do they know? <laughs> but you know, all, all those maps are. They're just updated versions of placemats for children at a restaurant. <laughs> they are, and then they just get passed around the internet because they're like, ooh, children's placemat with awesome stuff. Now, one quick thought. Those placemats for Alabama, it's always a battleship because that's the only thing. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> there's a boat there. <laughs> just, hey, listen, it should be the tide, Paul. I mean, it should be it, it should be Forrest Gump running through the end zone, if we're being quite honest. Yeah, well, if we were being quite honest, it would be something else. It would be like, uh, it would be like a gun and pawn shop. That's it. Alabama gun and pawn. Police tape over it. Police, yeah, with some deer. <laughs> closed for dealing deer antler spray. Nick Saban putting some deer antler in his white sauce. You know, do you think Nick Saban in traveling to the state of Alabama really has those thoughts like, give me five years. I'll make this the perfect totalitarian state. <laughs> He's got to, just cruising down, he's like, these heels. I mean, half of this economy is based on unlicensed liposuction. I could just, I could just take this whole state over. He literally could. No, no, I mean, at this point. This is probably something we should be concerned about, because if he does, um, they're going to come for us next, because it's virtually indistinguishable. That's true. We don't really have a natural... uh, border with the Alabama. I've long worried about that. 
I know. I mean, not that it would take much. You need a three-foot-high fence because in two states with as much obesity as Georgia and Alabama have, three feet's going to keep most people out. Can't swing that leg over. Can't really <laughs> boost the whole body over. Well, and plus, if it's three feet, then um, say a few soldiers get over, but the general ain't making it over, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no. The generalissimo, they're, they're going to be cut off from the leadership. <laughs> Saban at four feet is going to need a periscope to look over that thing. You're, you're just, you're just going to want to make sure that the posts on that fence are real set because you, ja- you drive enough jazzies into it, that thing's coming down. <laughs> This slow battering ram, the rolling dead, just creeping over. Oh, uh, that and the final note from the Nick Saban 60 Minutes piece that you need to know, because he's staying in Alabama forever, Alabama fans, and you're never going to lose a football game ever again. Never. Both of those things are permanent. Don't worry. No, the the one quote um, I have seen is that he said they're not going to leave Alabama because there's there's no University of Mars. You know, That's, no, no better place to go. So we we don't know that. Although, really, Nick Saban's really overselling the University of Mars. Terrible alumni base. Horrific recruiting. Yeah, facilities. Can't see them from space. Unlike Alabama, travel is sheer hell. It's basically the Hawaii of the interstellar football system. If you want to know what your travel budget's going to be. And yeah. See how good Hawaii is. Yeah, Norm Chow. Exactly how good Mars would be. Norm Chow, who this week uh, jokingly said he was too old for the job. (laughs) No one argued. (laughs) No, that's hard. This just didn't even register. You know, like, I would love it if somebody who actually, like, like if Gary Pinkle said that, because I would believe him. (laughs) I don't even know how old Gary Pinkle is. He's probably, what, 62? He's probably Saban's age. I think he's 27. 27. <laughs> like, best fictional ages for a coach. Gary Pinkle, he's 33. He's been through a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, but, but yeah, if you told me, if you told me that, like, Nick, Nick Saban is 62, and he's running around like a lunatic, and as I told you in our pre-call, which we do occasionally plan for this podcast, after watching that show, I feel like the Nick Saban of, like, ineffectual, unproductive things. Because I have that intensity. It's just for, like, uh, a YouTube video that I have. Like, come on, let's get over here. Yeah, let's let's find that, that, that Tumblr with the Pornhub comments over stock photos. Get it. Yeah. I can confirm. I can confirm that. Yeah. Whereas Nick Saban, like, you know, actually directed himself in something. Maybe that's a, that's a secret to life, finding out where to point your Saban. <laughs> I, know, I know where I'd like to point Saban. I'm pretty down. sure beating Notre Dame has as much social value as looking at a Tumblr of Pornhub comments. So, <laughs> you know, maybe more. <laughs> it might be more relevant to our experience today. The... Week ahead, uh, we're going to discuss uh, Stanford v. Oregon and Baylor v. Oklahoma, the two Thursday night games. And an, an unprecedented – I don't remember the last time there were actually like – there was either one of these games on Thursday night that was this good and much less two of them on the same night. But first, we would like to uh, answer a little bit of uh, reader email tweets sent in by request. Uh, we'll start with you, Ryan. 
Okay. Uh, the question I pulled is from Tom McGrath. Uh, his question is, name the gypsy that Pat Fitzgerald insulted and the content of the insult that led to, uh, obviously, Northwestern's most recent woes. My theory is that uh, at last year's Gator Bowl, Pat Fitzgerald told Dan Mullen that his pants looked comfortable, and Dan Mullen thought that was a fat joke and cursed him. I think that's as good a guess as any. But. Of course, he, he also lost that game. For, never forget. Well, yeah, Dan, Dan Mullen's, when Dan Mullen curses you, it's not going to be something that he himself delivers on. You're going to, something painful will be visited upon you, but not by Mississippi State. No, see, I think the real sorcerer here, the real warlock, Mullen had to subcontract it to Mississippi State's foremost warlock. That would be one professor of uh, evil, Sylvester Croom. Croom. <laughs> Croom is the one who actually can, has the power to give curses. Remember, he, he can't actually do anything, but he, he can ruin your life. So, because all he did was get coaches fired, I assume that Croom was the one who, out of anger and whatever is left of his loyalty to Mississippi State, uh, cursed Pat Fitzgerald. And, now, built, and built Ron Kellogg in the process. Yes. Well, that's a lot of building. <laughs> now, do we think that um, the state of Mississippi, do we think it might have been Houston Nutt who traveled, he thought he was just going northwest. He didn't know he was going to North, you know, Northwestern University, so he just traveled northwest until he somehow reached Yukon. You know, he's, he's been look, poking around the Yukon job, so maybe he just wound up in the wrong state. I just imagine Houston up like Johnny Appleseed, just walking barefoot around this great land of ours with a sack full of uh, batteries that he thinks are apple tree seeds. Planting them. Planting them all the way. Planting them. Sprout little D-cell. Just grow your battery tree right here. <laughs> I'm powering America. <laughs> what I'm doing. Just teaching. Just helping. Just going around the countryside. Helping. Planting, ba planting battery trees, just like they got in Arkansas. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, is all really plausible. Uh, Jason, do you have a uh, reader question you would like to answer? Here's a topical question from Cam Sterley. Which head coaching job would best suit Rob Ford? Who, uh, for those Somehow unfamiliar with this, Rob Ford is the crack-smoking mayor of Toronto. Belligerent, large, and he's like he's like Charlie Weiss fat. Yeah, it's hard not to say Kansas because they have shown a pattern with their recent hires, Turner Gill accepted, of uh, large and belligerent. Yeah, the, BB and, uh, the BBW fans of college football, <laughs> the Kansas football administration and those hiring for the program. You know, you know where Rob Ford would be an awesome coach at? And that's Pitt. Because Rob Ford would coach Pitt to one big win. I don't even know if Pitt has anybody they play anymore that could be considered a big win. But that Pitt would be Clemson or something, and Rob Ford would feel like a god for that one day. And then they would lose every other game he coached. And his heart would explode. Into a firework of victory. Oh, God, it was Pitt. You know Pittsburgh has a lot of hills, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, I'm down with the joke, but it's it's really pushing the reality of the situation to imagine. Yeah, it, it would demand a lot of pushing. He's very florid, too. It's very you, tell, you tell me we can't put a gas motor on a Segway? <laughs> a rocket. I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do with Rob Ford, okay? 
Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're past all real believable, plausible scenarios with him because he's the mayor of uh, of Canada's like you know flagship city, and he he all he owned up to. By the way, not only owned up to smoking crack, but said he did it in one of his drunken stupors. <laughs> one. That's, Who knows which one? <laughs> that's the best part. That Rob's Court opened up an entire zoo full of exotic animal scenarios that Rob Ford might have stumbled into. One of which was, one night I got so drunk, dot, 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 that I smoked crack. It's like, one night while I was murdering eight people, sure <laughs> I embezzled. Well, you know, I was in Las Vegas, so I ate human flesh. That's, like... <laughs> no, that, make, that makes sense to me. That we, well, we need to go to Vegas, son. Did you see the line at Denny's? Good God! Taken. That would be great if you know, like the buffet at uh, the buffet at the Bellagio is so long and so extravagant that, that you walk by and you see a sign that says like human flesh. You're like, oh, whatever. I'm going to the sushi bar. And you're like, wait, 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 shit. Does that say human flesh? And you go back and look, and it's changed. And for the rest of your life, your brain would just be screwed up, thinking, did I really see that? I, I would totally, I would totally do that if I worked the buffet. Just leave the sign out for a second on some like kind of off looking prime rib that I'd sliced up, and then just switch it real quick. <laughs> see if somebody was like, I swear it said that. No, no, man. Put on the glasses. You'll see what they all really say. Uh, the question I will choose to answer uh, is a little bit of uh, it's a little personal. Uh-oh. Yeah, you, you ready? Which is, uh, what's the, uh, let's see, this is, uh, it, which college football coach has coached the most games in a drunken stupor? I would open this up to any historical era, if you want to go as far back as possible. Because I am sure in the course of this fine game, with as many games as have been played all the way back to the uh, late 19th century, uh, somebody's coached a game stinking drunk. I feel like, I mean, how do we, let's see. We're probably all thinking Barry Switzer, so maybe we should uh, reach further than that. But um, I'm sure he's done it and probably beat Oklahoma State, like, by 63 points at the I'm, time. I'm going to go there. Bear Bryant. I bet Bear coached a game hammered off his ass. Not Auburn, but I bet Bear probably got one on. You know, a good daytime buzz. He probably did it for, like, you know, uh, old Miss one year. I mean, the man coached at Maryland. You need a little something to get through that. <laughs> Remember the three programs he coached? When people mention Bear Bryant's drinking, I'm like, put it in context. He coached at Maryland, Kentucky, and Texas A&M. Texas A&M before electricity. He needed, <laughs> he needed liquor. Uh, I'm going to guess Barry Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> During because her. I mean, just just as a just as a demographic matter, if you're going to pick somebody who's done something blitz out of their mind, Wisconsin is a great place to pick. And that Wisconsin team he took over was terrible. Like that, even his decision to take that job had to have been the product of heavy, heavy drinking. I would say this that too. Remember, bowl games used to be um, just a farce. They just used to be fun. 
Wait, are you saying they're not a farce now? Oh, I meant competitively. I mean, they used to decide the national title before they even played the Bulls. They right. they, they mattered nothing, none whatsoever. Yeah, they were uh, this sort of frivolity where if you go back and look at, say, the Cotton Bowl, where Gene Stallings coached against Bear Bryant, there are these chucklesome kind of dinners where there's these uh, very attractive young ladies hired for the event wearing cowboy boots and short shorts and a lot of booze and young men with crew cuts. and uh, It's like and a D, it's like a D. Martin roast. It is. They're putting on each other's hats. It, it actually, like, when you watch it, it makes you a little wistful because it would be cool if they just kind of got to, like, you know, jerk around at the end of the year and do that. That would be cool. I would love to see, uh, say, for instance, Will Muschamp attempt to have fun. It'd be like watching a dog try to stand on your hind legs. <laughs> it's hind legs, but your hind legs that you don't have because you're a person. I wanted to really emphasize the impossibility of that. What's this? Go, what the hell is pressing? It's a grapefruit carbonated beverage. What's a grapefruit? Like, it just has <laughs> a dictionary problem of you just have to go back so far to explain the basic bricks of a sentence. All he knows are X's and O's. What the hell kind of trays carry oak? <laughs> this is a sushi. It ain't cooked. Are you sure it's dead? I went to Georgia. You gotta explain these things to me. Well, that's no excuse. Georgia in the eighties. Oh well, okay. Nineties actually, because remember, if you want to hire someone from a winning tradition, hire someone coached by Ray Goff. <laughs> idiot jeremy foley um let's go and actually talk about the games uh this thursday baylor the oklahoma uh jason i i i'm sort of thinking that uh, uh baylor's gonna waste them uh i i have a, a a sneaking suspicion as well that baylor will probably obliterate oklahoma um you know i, I think the sooners can be a uh, an interesting challenge. They do some things on defense, which, spoiler alert, our, our fine listeners will get to read some more about on Thursday. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to get pretty nasty. It's got to be pretty pent up at this point, too, because I'm, I'm looking it up here, but Baylor hasn't beat Oklahoma. They've only beat them once. And that was, okay, so they beat them back in 2011. But other than that, Going back to 1901, that's the only victory they have. 1901. Yeah, they've been getting stomped on the regular. And 135-year-old Bryce Petty is pissed off about that. (laughs) (laughs) We've been keeping him in beeswax and amber. Yeah. No, just prayer. Just prayer. (laughs) Bryce Bryce Petty, the first Christian mummy. Hey, listen, just the power of... (laughs) Just the power of prayer and a little bit of Dr. Pepper strategically applied. <laughs> you know, exposure to adorable bear cubs. We, keep, run, the, we run the prayer raid. No dancing. <laughs> no dancing. Oils the joints with the lubricant of evil. Keep him in a smokehouse. He's fine. <laughs> long, long as, as long as we rub him with brisket three times a day. Just low and slow. Christian mummy. Bryce Just Petty. scrape off the bark and it is delicious. <laughs> Remember, take the burn ends. Reanimate them for another price petty later. Just keep making them. That give got one, weird. Give one to Houston. They need it. Uh, just notice, by the way, too, that Baylor is uh, Baylor's a good, like, you know, 
20 spots ahead, 24 spots ahead of uh, Oklahoma in terms of overall uh, F+. plus. So, you know, 24 spots. That means Oklahoma is basically as good a team as uh, UCLA. And if you'll remember, Baylor and UCLA, well, they've met. And, and that didn't go well. How, was, how did it turn out for the Bruins, pray tell? <laughs> you know, like Baylor somehow managed to, you know, stop cruising at the 45-point mark. I think I think that was the game where Baylor only managed to throw it like uh, 12 times because they didn't need to. Baylor ran them over. I'm now, is that the game where months later Art Browse was still insisting UCLA only scored in single digits? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was it because, you know, Art keeps his own math. <laughs> UCLA only scored in, in, in that many digits, and we let up is usually code for, well, when you're leading by 50, you kind of take your foot off the gas. And most coaches only joke about that. Uh, for him, it's a real practical problem. They got to figure it out. I am very excited to see Blake Bell try to keep up in this scoring competition. Uh, yeah, Holly, Holly Anderson asked this question on Twitter earlier today. Uh, what is Blake Bell? Not even is he a good quarterback. I don't even know what he is as a position player. Blake Bell is if you took the guy who hit like let's you know how at a basketball game they'll have a contest oh you hit a half court shot and you win like a scholarship or a car or ten grand or something like that Blake Bell is like if you took that guy and you're like all right now you're a small forward for an NBA team you play all the time now <laughs> I mean like it's 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 one thing to be like oh he's you know kind of like a less coordinated Tim Tebow. Okay, fine. That's that's pretty uncoordinated. Um, but uh, but but it's not even that. He was so bad against Texas, and then against Texas Tech, they just leaned on the Red Raiders. That's all they did. They just decided that uh, we'll just have him fall on them, and yeah, occasionally, yeah, and occasionally throw a few play action passes off of that. If Baylor gets up, this is the real nightmare scenario where the black comedy comes in where you'll probably want to watch this. They'll have to have Blake Bell pass them back in this game if they get down by 21, if they get down by 14. And if Blake Bell has to pass them back in this game, uh, we're going to come away with a really inflated valuation of Baylor's defense because that could get hideous. Well, Baylor's got a pretty good defense. they got fast guys. They kind of do the Oregon thing where once they get a lead and you start getting risky, that's when they, you know, that's when they smell blood in the water. And, uh, Mr. Blake Bell, he's a big guy. Got a lot of blood in him. <laughs> there's, there's, is that what we can say safely about Blake Bell? He's got a lot of blood. If that man bleeds out, it's going to take a while. Oh, man. So good. I'm so glad Baylor's good. <laughs> I'm, so glad, I'm so glad they happened. They're one of the few little pinpricks of light through this coffin door. Coffin hood hatch. Oh, you're already dead. Oh, I'm already dead. 2013's been so sad. Same night. Uh, you know, we we happen to get Oregon Stanford, which Ryan, I'm going to start off with you and ask, uh, is this really like I, I feel a bit underwhelmed going into this because Stanford lost to Utah. Like that, yeah, that's that sort of that really deflated this <laughs> game for me because not just because they lost, but they lost to Utah. Yeah, but it, I mean, Stanford lost to Utah because they had this ridiculous idea that like oh you know 
we've beaten two ranked teams and everything's going smoothly, we should probably really open up this passing attack with Kevin Hogan. And that was a very bad idea. You know, they didn't recognize their limitations. And I I think the only way that they can keep, uh, that they can hang around with Oregon in this game is if they don't do that. They can't just say, hey, Kevin Hogan, go show them why somebody's going to unjustifiably put you at the top of their draft board next year. I mean, Stanford couldn't score on Oregon State, and they couldn't stop Utah. Here comes Oregon. Open and shut case. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, those, you those lost three like, lines. like yeah, you lost to a team that is one and four in conference. One and four. I mean, you know who's... weird things happen. Yeah, you know, but that one game at Utah—that's that's a weird game, and they're still a good team and all. But it's you know, unfair. even other than that, what, like, what have they done? They beat the shit out, beat the shit out of Arizona State, and they did beat Washington when that meant something. It doesn't now. The, the 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 early Sark bubble. Yeah. The yearly <laughs> they cashed in on Sark. <laughs> they sold yeah. they sold Sark high. They they did when we all hit you know peak Sarkeesian. You know that bubble <laughs> is lasting longer and longer each year. At least that's good, right? You no, know, that's it exactly. He can go and be like, listen, the uh, the bubble is becoming uh, more under the dome, under the Sarkeesian dome. It's a bigger dome each year and collapses later and later. I'll be like, wow. It's more horrific each time. But. That's the most. That's the most depressing argument for extending your contract. And here, take it. <laughs> you can drive yeah. a boat to work. That's it. That's all. Sar- Team Sarkeesian should walk in and go. I drive a boat to work, and they'll be like, "That's bitching, dude. Awesome. Give him a contract extension. Wish I could take a boat to work." Which he does, by the way. That he may be like one of two Division One head coaches who takes a boat to work. The other one being uh, Dana Holgerson. Now, there's not water in between Dana Holgerson's house and the West Virginia football facilities, but he makes it work. I would also, by the way, point to – can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I just dropped out here. I heard you talking about Holgo swimming in the rivers or something, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm back right. with you. All right, good. Well, so we can keep rolling with this. Uh, I wanted to go uh, – since we both sort of agreed that this could be like a, a Thursday night of real blowouts. I mean, Oklahoma at least stands a chance. I think uh, if Stanford, the depleted defensive line, the injuries that they've suffered, I just, I don't see them being able to keep up with Oregon. You know, it could be like 35, 14, but a really like decisive 35, 14, not that like, Oh yeah, no, I think this won't be the UCLA game. I think they'll put them in the distance pretty, pretty early. Moving on to the weekend though. It's almost like we've forgotten that LSU and Alabama are playing each other. Yeah, that is that is sort of just off everyone's radar. I don't I don't really know. I, I, I have we all just assumed LSU is going to lose this game because their big wins don't look as impressive anymore, and because their close games don't also don't look that good anymore. Like, the, it's kind of, we're all sort of at the point where it's like, wow, they give up a lot of points to Georgia, and that's not great. Yeah, but uh, but not the same Georgia team. Not yeah. the same Georgia team, but still, like, a Georgia team that was a little dinged up and that Clemson held down better than they did. Like, LSU basically did nothing to stop Georgia. And yeah. it's not it's just not the sort of thing you'd expect from an LSU team. 
I, I will say they really only have gotten grandiosely screwed once. The Georgia game, that's an even shootout. That That's just going to work one way or the other. I was at the Old Miss game, and Old Miss's defense hit every, like, Old Miss needed, to win that game, they needed three turnovers pulled straight from their ass. They needed three turnovers that were, like, all lottery shots, right? Like, all basically, co- like, last-minute starting interceptions made by guys who weren't supposed to be starting. And Old Miss hit all three of them. They actually got less miles. Right, that is a less miles blueprint, right? Like I need eight things to happen in this game which are improbable and they all happen. Okay. Well they got the table flipped on them. Like that's what happened to LSU in that game. You know, and it was at Old Miss. I I would almost rather face an undefeated LSU team here than face one with two losses. Because I just isn't that like a really less miles thing? Like they're waiting on this. The sort of wounded animal. Not even just the wounded animal. The insane one. Okay. Like the insane one <laughs> that just can't really be predicted in any sense whatsoever. Right. What old yeller really would have ha- what would have really happened in old yeller, right? Yeah. Oh, he's just sitting in the barn. No. Oh my bit- god. He's bitten the baby. Right? Like, <laughs> we're all gonna die. The rabid dog loose uh, <laughs> under the dinner table of the SEC. That's what I'd like LSU to be here. I don't know if they are, because Alabama's really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can make the case that Alabama, while they're really good, they're probably not quite as good as they were last year. And LSU, uh, you know, they've improved in some areas, fallen off in others. They're probably about the same as last year. And that game was really, really close last year. LSU should have won it, did everything it could to give it away. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think this game's a foregone conclusion at all. I, I thought 10 points sounded a little high. Yeah, That's, I think I think Alabama wins, but it's it's a weird one to overlook. I will also say this: uh, Zach Nettenberger is very capable of making the passes that you have to in order to beat this defense. I think, yeah, he he can he can beat either of these teams. Yeah, so it's it's not a like I I think people have slept on this game. I think it's going to be much better than the relatively flatlined. Lack of hype going into it. Uh, anything else from the coming weekend that sticks out to you, gentlemen? You know, besides the logical rivalry game of uh, BYU playing at Wisconsin, a.k.a. one team that doesn't drink and one team that is drinking. Um, I like uh, UCF Houston playing for a BCS conference title pretty much. <laughs> yes. Oh, and George O'Leary. George O'Leary could lose that game by 500. That'd be great. To a freshman quarterback named Corn. Yeah. Bortles. Bortles versus Corn. <laughs> that's, that's actually... <laughs> BCS that's, conference that's on, the, actually, on the line. That's actually happening, isn't it? <laughs> that we've got on one side. No, you no, you, you shorted him. Oh, it's O'Corn, I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. John O'Corn. Yes. O'Corn versus Bortles. In the most illustrious matchup of quarterbacking names you'll see this year. Uh, anything that sticks out to you, Ryan? I guess I'll go with Virginia Tech at Miami, because God, is that going to be sad. <laughs> Just so sad. Thank you for going with that. <laughs> um, I'm going to go and look at the uh, the late slate at two games, actually, out on Yon West Coast. Because uh, 
after the big two on Thursday and after LSU Alabama, it's pretty lackluster slate in between. Oh, Florida plays Vanderbilt. That'll be fun. Gonna yeah. Lose, lose to Vandy for the first time in like, you know, 22 years. 26 years. First time for everything. Got to happen eventually. But New you know, experiences. future Florida coach James Franklin can size up the place. You know, he's looking around. Two games late, uh, UCLA, Arizona, both six and two, both three and two in conference, and both with no actual, very, like, predictable pattern of behavior. So, yeah. and that, and that kicks at 10. I'm foreseeing, um, the only thing I'm comfortable predicting for that game is, like, three special teams turnovers. <laughs> like, two, <laughs> two muff punts and a block kick. That's oh. all I'm putting on the line there. Uh, and a lot of, like, uh, there's going to be some good coach faces. Oh, yeah. Two very expressive gentlemen. They both, that, when they purse their lips, they're both the kings of, of the purse lip game. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put on upset alert Fresno State. At every what? week, Fresno State on quadruple at, overtime every upset week, alert. Every week, but I, at altitude, at Laramie. Oh, a Wyoming team that lost to Colorado State. Yes, sir. Uh, a Wyoming team that has reshuffled its defensive coaching staff, I believe you mean. <laughs> yes. Improvements have been made. Okay. Pardon our mess. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a new think, sheriff in town. <laughs> I think you also mean a, a Wyoming team that lost by a mere three points to Nebraska. Yeah. For, for a and given and unit of Nebraska. I, I Nebraska might pick I really might good. pick Colorado State over Nebraska at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jim McElwain, he brought the process to Fort Collins. <laughs> and then the process got fat on craft beer and just kinda gave up. Uh but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and put them on upset alert because you can put Fresno State on upset alert every week. Because they're mm. that kind of team. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But, you know, we, I, there has to be some fun here. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I'm stuck with NC State Duke. Yeah. Duke what rolling, baby. Duke no, rolling. Notre Dame, Notre Dame Pitt. That's the ABC game. I'm stuck with Illinois, Indiana. <laughs> you guys remember that Notre Dame almost lost to Purdue this year? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the world is amazing. <laughs> Carl Sagan was right. This is some shit. Oh wait, here here is one here is one other sort of angry angry sad kid pick. Nebraska at Michigan. Three oh seven. yeah. Oh yeah. Both six and two and unranked. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> what are the odds of that. Like, how <laughs> crap is the Big Ten that there are two six and two teams playing and neither is ranked. Like the minor storyline that the winner is still alive for the Big Ten title game and the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Rose Bowl. I would okay. love to see this Brady Hoke team in the Rose Bowl. God, they just get crap. Because <laughs> they probably play Stanford. <laughs> oh, no. but Which is basically if, just clean Michigan State. Or if Oregon somehow screws this up. And then like, it, was, it was this Oregon team versus this Michigan team in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <gasps> like, Michigan, Michigan, we're points. laughing at you. We're laughing really hard at you, Michigan. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I think Michigan fans would want to see 100, right? <laughs> like if they're getting into the 80s, they'd be like, no, just keep going, man. 
do it. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to see. I'd like to see how many points can be can be scored. <laughs> is that it? Is that would be, it would be a considerable tribute to the Rose Bowl game for there to be 100 points scored in the 100 uh, edition. Uh, Michigan will be remembered. I'll tell you that. Hugo says, just tremendous, 100 points. <laughs> it's a real thing to be a part of. It's an honor to be a part of this. Mark Kelfrich is just giving a press conference. Nobody even knows who he is. I'm the guy with a team that coached 100 points. No, you're not. <laughs> Get out of here. You don't even have a badge. Kid. <laughs> so I kind of look like a mailman. Phil Knight's over there just talking to aliens in his tracksuit. Uh, there's a, there are a few other really sad elements of the schedule that I really would like to point out because now this is getting good to me. Oh, Arkansas, Mississippi. That'd be 0-5 in conference, 3-6 and overall. Going up against Hugh Freeze in the Grove at Oxford. Uh, it's been ugly for Brett Bielema, and uh, I think if Hugh Freeze senses a little bit of weakness, it's going to get uglier. Uh, you, you can pair that up with Mississippi State traveling to Texas A&M. Uh, Mississippi State not winless, only because they got to play Kentucky and barely beat them. Their intersectional rivalry, by the way, their interdivisional rival is uh, Kentucky. That's how you know God loves Mississippi State. Giving you, giving you one little nugget of joy a year. Also, number seven, Auburn, traveling to play Tennessee, whose freshman quarterback is an aerospace engineering major. <laughs> God. Which that's going to suit him really well in ten years, but that for now, at Tennessee, he's a freshman quarterback at Tennessee, that just means you're into model rockets. You know, kind of. Yeah, that, means, that that means you're the guy who like uh, when something gets stuck in a tree, <laughs> fire something <laughs> up towards it to loose it. Got it. Hold on, I got a Roman candle. I'll be back. You got? Do you got? You got a rocketry program? Well, sometimes we try to make meth in a hot water heater. I'll get up to about two hundred feet before it has to come down. We do it on the roof so you can see the sky. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're making some uh, making some omelets out of some broken eggs. That's really what that is. Cut a hole in the lab so God can watch his scientists at work. We keep trying, but that sun sphere just won't take off. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you got to keep trying. Uh, a, a few more notes. Uh, can I just say what the hell happened to North Carolina? Brent Renner's done for his career. They are three and five. They are awful. They are going to play Virginia, which is zero and five in conference. And Mike London, oh so fired. Tom O'Brien is going to come in and coach. I hope the last like two games. I hope that that's the that's how they pull that trigger. They, they're so apathetic. They're just going to hire him. <laughs> He's already here. He, he already drove a semi truck up from Virginia, from, my, up from NC State. My, exactly. They they went and got his stuff for him. <laughs> so much, this has been in the works for a while. They're like, hey, Tom, all oh, your stuff's here. Jesus, just coach this football team. I guess we should get married. We have to keep. We have to have a football team. We're You're the pre- oldest university in the world. You're pregnant. Why wouldn't we have a football team? Thomas Jefferson played football. Thomas Jefferson was a wingback. He would. Uh, um, that... I, I, <clears throat> Western Michigan, 1-8. Eastern Michigan, 1-8. Something's oh, got to give. Something's got to give. No! <laughs> Probably neither will give. But, oh, the gifts these coaches could make together. Let the Eagles hit the floor. They will. It'll be bad. Um, additionally... Uh, while we're draining the dregs from the schedule, 
before this gets too depressing, uh, Florida State at Wake Forest. Danger! <laughs> danger! <laughs> <laughs> no matter how big this line is, or where the game is played, or uh, if if Wake's down to third stringers, this is automatic upset alert every single year. <laughs> You're like Al Groh is starting a sentient ape at quarterback. Oh man, get my money out. I'm sorry. Al Groh doesn't even coach. I Jim Groh. <laughs> Anyway, you've, re- you've revealed the horrible secret. <laughs> Jim Grove has subcontracted his football program out for both. He, he does it for 85. I charge them 90. That's pure profit to me. <laughs> My God. Um, that and, oh, oh, if you want real live football horror, I, I mean real live football horror. Uh, Syracuse is playing Maryland. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, watch it. Get it it in the eyeballs. Wait, why is Boston College going to New Mexico State? (laughs) (laughs) That that feels like one of those things where you booked a flight, but you didn't pay attention and you booked it backwards. So you show up at the airport and they're like, no, this is a flight leaving uh, Las Vegas. And and you're like, God damn it. (laughs) Do, Do you know how that's happening? Two words, muscle confusion. Oh. We'll just stop there. <laughs> that makes no sense, so yeah. 